0: The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense.
1: Welcome to War Room, Millspouse Edition, their mission, our story, a limited run series on a better peace that addresses the issues that military families face while they support their soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, guardians, and coasties. My name is Linda. I'm a Navy wife with the survival skills to raise two children, move seven times, and thrive during multiple deployments, and somehow still find time to volunteer. My co-host navigating these stories with me is Faith. Faith is an Army wife who works outside the home as a doula and gives her time away as a perpetual, unprofessional volunteer. We know this isn't War Room's normal fare, but we're confident that the topics featured will highlight our unique military culture. Expect the conversations to be honest, the stories to be impactful, and the resources to help the family's mission.
2: Hello, this is Faith Bomar with Mill Spouse Edition.
1: And I'm Linda Lind. Welcome to Our Story.
2: We are your co-hosts for this special series.
1: In a world of bugle calls, bosun's piping, receiving lines, acronyms, military ceremonies, spouse coffees, and teas, it sometimes feels foreign. Why do all these traditions still matter today? What should we as spouses know? And what do these customs and traditions do for us and our community?
2: Oh my gosh, Linda, I got to tell you. I'm pretty fired up about today. <laughs> <laughs> pretty fired up. You wouldn't know it. Okay, don't you wouldn't know it by looking at me, but I am an absolute sucker for protocol and customs and courtesies and have even gone so far as to teach a class on it through um army family team building
1: but i'm a little jealous that you that you've taken the initiative and taught the class
2: I'm, i'm 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 excited but i'm also excited that we don't have to uh trudge through these subjects alone. We have some amazing guests with us today, um, Melanie Wilhite and Rebecca Lockhart. Melanie is an Army spouse for the last 15 years and the mother of two. She is German by birth. She's adapted to the military life and life in the United States as an avid volunteer at Army posts and surrounding communities. Melanie is a certified Army family team building, master trainer, and has taught classes at various duty stations over the years, including classes on customs, traditions, protocol, and military balls. Um, Right alongside me, believe it or not, Rebecca Lockhart is an Army spouse of almost 10 years and a Navy brat. Her father served for 20 years. She's a mother of two girls and a boy on the way. She positively embraces military life. She is currently located in South Georgia, where she volunteers with her SFRG, Soldier Family Readiness Group, Post Chapel, and worldwide organizations. Gals, thank you so much for being here. I am, like I said, I'm pretty excited about this one. Pretty excited about it.
0: Glad to be here.
3: Hi. Thanks for having me.
2: Melly, where do we even begin with this? It seems overwhelming uh, because we, you, when you've taught these courses, you almost know too much. So it's hard to know where to begin. With the military and all of its branches, because of the custom, tons of customs and courtesies, why do you personally think holding on to these is still important? Why does it matter? Why are we still doing these?
0: Well, so a little twofold for me, I guess. So when I first moved to the U.S., um, I mean, obviously it was a new country. So I don't think I really appreciated how much of its own country the military kind of is Mm -hmm. with its own customs, courtesies, and traditions. Um, But as I settled in and with all those, I think especially once we are moving – it's the same everywhere, right? We're all going through the same thing. And they provide me a level of comfort of knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Rebecca, you um, are speaking with a trio of spouses here that have been doing this for a combined ridiculous number of years. Um, what does it mean to you to learn this culture that we have What's the word, Mel? (laughs) I want to (laughs) say.
0: Well, the culture that we have, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: I mean, I think it's so isolating when you come into the military life. Um, If you are not, I know a lot of people who are not familiar with the military life at all, and having some sort of um, structure, some sort of history, some sort of Culture that you can come into and really embrace um, brings a sense of belonging. I think that we're all kind of searching for when um, we come into the military as as a spouse.
2: Absolutely, I have I have this military spouse testimony. I guess that it could be referred to as, and because you when you meet a group of spouses, they all kind of fall into. A few categories. They were either a military brat and have the perspective of growing up witnessing some of this lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. Or they also and or have served themselves. Quite a number of uh, spouses that have met um, serve themselves or are serving. And or you have this category of spouses who knew absolutely nothing about anything military and have had to learn along the way. And they have had all positive and or negative experiences to draw from. And I personally fall into that that category. The only thing I knew about military life is when someone from our high school would graduate, join the military, be gone for a period of time, show up in a uniform, and everybody swooned, right? Oh, my gosh. They really had a glow up, <laughs> as my daughter, my teenage daughters would say right now. And then be gone again, right? That was the the extent of, or, you know, veterans the Veterans Day Parade. That was the extent of my military uh, knowledge and understanding. And then I fell in love with a soldier. And, the, you know, surprised Well, me the most, honestly. And we were new to uh, our relationship and um, married right away. Instant family. Push the button for instant family, right? And I started to look around and see all of these other, for me, it's Army, right? So all of these other Army wives. And I didn't, I couldn't picture myself doing or acting or Standing up with all of these other incredible women, they were in this this army wife mold, right, and I look and I didn't fit it at all. I did not fit that mold at all. And I know Melanie, you and I have had this conversation about this, and that you've had similar experience about coming in and looking around and going, Oh no, 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 I, this is not for me. I can't do this. this is not. I don't see myself in these roles. I don't see myself in this and it was quite shocking, and so I went to my soldier and I was like, Sorry, dude, um this isn't going to work out. We, this, I can't. I can't do what it, you know what is expected of me here. I don't understand this. This is all so incredibly foreign. And I like how Melanie had used that word earlier about being it being foreign. And he looked at me and he was like, "Well, um, I'm kind of partial to you, and so you're going to need to figure this out." And I took my, you know, very intimidated you know, Heine over to army community services and met some other uh, army wives and they put their arms around me and said, "It's all right. Come here. You're going to be cool. You're going to be good." And started in teaching me the army family team building classes and I began to embrace this new culture and start to to have an appreciation for it once I understood a few more acronyms than I did before. <laughs> and Melanie, you and I have talked on that you not only were learning the army culture, but the United States culture as well. How did you navigate that early on? Can you go back in your mind to that to, to that state of being?
0: So when I met my husband... I mean, while we were still in Germany, I don't think I really truly felt the need to, right? I had my own job and my own group of friends. It's where I've always lived, um, or at least close enough, like 45 minutes down the road. But regardless, right? Like, so it was close enough. I kind of didn't feel the need to do anything, probably like right up to the point, like to when I moved Um, and then coming in. It was intimidating, not going to lie. And thankfully, I'm a fairly extroverted person, so I should probably throw that out there. Um, But so I drove up to, like, Fort Stewart. I was staying with Wes's aunt when I first arrived. So I was driving up to Fort Stewart, where he was at at the time, and um, he hadn't redeployed. So he was still gone. And honestly, that kind of helped. Oh, wow. Because it was me, Mm -hmm. and it was me who had to figure it out. So um, thankfully... Like with you, there was a bunch of ladies who were super welcoming and who embraced me and brought me into this lifestyle. And honestly, I think to this day, I'm not sure if I truly have the civilian side figured out. <laughs> because <laughs> okay. yeah, I've never had to live the It's a that. mystery um, of those, so, all those
2: Americans out there beyond the post doing whatever it is they do. <laughs>
0: It is. And like, while I've volunteered in the community, but I think it's still different, right? We have that military fallback. And to me, that's incredibly mm-hmm. comfortable knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I truly like, well, I mean, let's just say I'm dreading retirement. A yeah. bit. <laughs> that's yeah. an, that's another podcast. So shh, shh. Yeah. Yes. We'll shh. have you back. <laughs> <laughs> about me dreading retirement. Yeah.
1: I think that's one really nice thing about, um, cross branches. Cause as a, as a Navy wife, um, it's the, it's the same for me. We, um, we got married and two weeks later, he's moving with all of our belongings halfway across the country while I'm wrapping things up back in Texas. And then I show up and he's on the ship and the ship is gone. And so I show up at our house and I'm unpacking boxes and I get an email from him. And he's like, hey, go meet this person. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, okay. I think you'll like her,
2: you know. Inducted so, into the military spouse.
1: But, <laughs> fold. but she did the same thing. She, you know, welcomed me in and helped me navigate things while, while waiting for him to come back, you know. So that's – I feel like that's one, one thing that across, across the board as military spouses, we all just want to support each yeah. other.
2: Somebody was willing to um, look around, take notice, and go, hey, you, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Rebecca, going from uh, brat to spouse, how did things change in the way of customs and courtesies what is there any early on thing that stuck out that was oh i know what that means but it you call it something different
3: yeah i mean i think the lingo was kind of the hardest part for me because when you're in the navy like when you're on a base, like on the Navy base, like it's called like yep. BX or you're saying like, oh, I'm going to go to base to like get something. Or, and then like when you're in the army, it's post. And so I would say base all the time. And my husband's like, it's post, honey, like say post. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um So I think that adjustment was kind of the hardest thing, but overall, I mean, the military is, you know, one big umbrella. So the camaraderie, you feel the sense of belonging. I've only ever known the military. So I kind of fear this like civilian life, <laughs> of, mm-hmm. um, being in the real world. Um, but yeah, definitely things like that. Like the way that people were talking to me, um,
2: I love was just always, I love that you straight. referred to it as the real world. Because it feels like, it it does, it feels like this, that our existence sometimes can be so incredibly sheltered that the, and I think that civilians oftentimes, um, when they say statements like, oh, I don't know how you do it, or, you know, they're, they highlight the separation, sometimes. And it can be empowering, but it also can be kind of painful, you know, because there is that, um, well, the answer oftentimes is, well, shoot, I don't really know how I do it either. This is, it's not like I have a tremendous choice because this is, except the choice that this is the life that we want to lead, right this is how we want to uh raise our children or raise ourselves or you know it's it doesn't i don't know what do you think linda is it's it's
1: you know i i have a a very dear friend of mine whose husband only goes for one week at a time but he's gone for a whole week and by the end of the week, she's turning to me and she's saying, how do you do this regularly? Ah. I only have to do it one week at a time every other month. I don't know how you do this regularly. And I told her the same way you do it. You get up, you get through the day, and then you you move on. It's just, it's just different for me than it is for you. Um, but I love my husband just the same that you love yours. And we support them in the jobs that they are doing. And we have agreed as a family that this is what's important to us. This is how we're going to raise our kids. And so we find those other military spouses or even civilian friends and we surround ourselves with them, um, and, and get that support that we yeah. need. That's, that's how it's Built done. The
2: strength. Build the strength, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you know, remembering where we came from and how far we've come in this, and what we have learned along the way, is uh, just a testament to uh, our strength and our commitment to this life. Uh, I had to learn so much. I had to learn so much. I referred to his um, what he was wearing when we first met as his costume and i got in a lot of trouble for that. He was like it's not costume. It's a uniform. <laughs> but i was saying, so when you it's see oh, yeah.
1: It's not a hat. It's a cover. Uh,
2: yes, exactly. It's not a hat. It's a cover. Where's my cover? What do you got to cover up for, dude? Um, you cute. Don't cover it.
1: <laughs> Your clothes. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. So
2: that's how far you know, i had to i had to come in, into all of this to to be in this now 20 years and look back and see the that we were inducted into this culture of military lifestyle and i when i'm teaching this class which i sometimes do i ask you know what is the best way to learn a culture and the answer for me is always party with the locals <laughs> Find your dive bar. Get to know the people. That's where they're going to be speaking the plain language. And so the place to party with the locals when you're within the military are things like coffees and teas and hail and farewells. And what are some other things to we can be expected? What are some other events that we can be expected to be invited to as military spouses? Mel?
0: Well, I mean, you have your formals, right? So your balls or your dining ins, dining outs, dining in without us. But, you know, no spouses. Whatever they do is a mystery. But, you know. um, it is a little bit. Um, so those. And then I think also um, changes of command, changes of responsibility. You know, you do have parades. Um, you have graduations from schools, so you have graduations from basic training. So I think everything is a little bit more and I don't mean this in a negative way, pompous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a better way to say No, that? I like a
2: good pompous. Anything. Keep going.
0: Yeah. So pompous. We'll go with that in an unnegative way. Um and I think every day, right? Like so if you live on post or on base, kinda correct myself to like be you know but yeah so if you live on the installation or even near the installation you're gonna hear the bugle Mm -hmm. calls so you have the music playing randomly in the morning at seven, where you might not know what that is, or it starts playing again at five. I know Fort Stewart; it seems to play nonstop. I don't know if they still do that, um, where they just they do every bugle call out there. Where others might just have the you know main yeah. ones, but or you hear taps at night. So, um, I feel like it's all encompassing and it's it's everywhere, really.
2: It's everywhere, and part of not growing. Numb to it is learning what everything means as much as you feel like it. You know, really embracing the pomp and circumstance.
0: That's the better one. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the non. Yes,
2: learning the pomp and circumstance so that when things are happening or when you get invited to things, you understand what is expected of and. I don't want to get too hung up on the expectation of what is expected of us as as the spouses, but there's really no uh, getting around it. There is an understanding that we care enough to learn what is going to happen at certain events and what the expectation is of our participation
0: at those events. And I love that, right? Like you said, like, I mean, there's really no expectation, but then again, there kind of is, right? And I like the comparison of, if you look at the president of the United States and then you look at the first lady, she didn't choose it. Mm-hmm. But yet for certain things, I'm going to look there, right? And I'm going to look to her, Um and or if you take the vice president's husband, then I'm going to look to him to see what he does or she does in that situation. So I think even though it's not a role that we choose necessarily, it's just a role that's kind of there. There's always going to be the, you know, if I need to the know something, I'm going to look to certain people. In the people.
2: understanding of if there's an expectation of that role, right? Is that the mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, and each one of us can find where we fit in that expectation, what that expectation doesn't have to look the same for me as it does for Rebecca, as it does for faith, as it does Mm -hmm. for Melanie. It can look different for each one of us because we can take our strengths and bring it to the role.
2: Ooh, look at you. Well spoke friend. Well spoke. Um, this is a question for for all of us what is your favorite tradition and why is it meaningful to you? Rebecca?
3: It's a great question. I don't know I think in a weird way I really like like the formal settings I mean I it just being around the military for so long in my life that um, you do kind of become numb to just the everyday like, Oh, okay, this is just life. Um, but really, when you're in those formal settings, there's such a, there's so many traditions and customs and courtesies that happen at these formal events. Uh, you're kind of reminded that, okay, there's a reason for these. And it's nice to be involved in something bigger than, oh, my husband's just going to work every day. And like, I'm here
2: it reminds you that, <laughs> it reminds you that it's the army and and not a corporation right even though it's a corporation and that yeah. it's that they're standing for something um, so much bigger than themselves and shoulder to shoulder with those around yeah. us
3: yeah you can forget it's so easy to just forget that like you don't need to be involved in their life but being involved in any capacity in any is it, just kind of like a support thing for your spouse. They would do the same thing for us if we were in a job and we had a formal event to go to. They would go and act a certain way just like we do for them. So,
2: Absolutely. Linda, do you have a favorite?
1: Uh, I actually do. My favorite is the Hail and Farewell. Um, I like it because... No matter what what point you are, if you are at the point where you're the new you're the new family and they're welcoming you in, it's where you can start to find the locals like you yeah. said faith you can start to find your people in that group if you're in the middle and you're neither being welcomed nor farewelled, then you're the local, and it you know you get the opportunity to to show the ropes. Um, and, and at the end, as, as bittersweet as the fair, being on the farewell side of things are, um, getting to just reconnect with all those people who have meant so much to you over your time in the command is just something that is amazing. It's touching. It's
2: contact Mm -hmm. points. It's the, um, one of the, the. things that I go over when teaching this class is that these are the memory moments, right? These, when we all get together for whatever reason that it is in this, in this capacity, yes, socially we'll remember those things, but when it is a, um, (laughs) mandatory fun event, (laughs) Right? <laughs> do, do they have those? That's a that's a cross branch term. Oh, mandatory yeah. fun oh, yeah. Cross, yeah, cross branch term. When we have these mandatory fun events, these are memory making moments. These are where we get to hear the. I, I love that a tale and farewells for you because that's when you know, party with the locals, learn the culture. That's where you're going to hear some of the stories that you wouldn't otherwise hear. That's where you're going to be able to toast those that are um, coming in and leaving. And um, I I agree with you. That is really uh, that's that's a good answer. How about Melanie?
1: You can also learn some really interesting things about your spouse at those. You do, yes, you
2: do. Yep, yeah, yep. So there he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I think for me, it's something really simple. Right? So every time 5pm or 1700 rolls around and if you're near a playground on an installation it's the kids, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right, that embrace this already. And I think Rebecca, having lived this as a military kid, right, you know at 5 you hear the music, you stop, you place your hand over your heart and you Mm -hmm. wait. Right? So it's like those little tiny things and I think that's kind of what makes us all feel part of it and what makes us feel home. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what I love about that part too, Melanie, is when you, when there are are children who have never lived on base before and they're there and they're playing and how kind the kids that know are to the kids. They stop and There's no screaming at it. There's just, Hey, 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 wait just a minute. This is what we do. And it's amazing to see.
2: It is. It is a, um, a small reminder of the bigger sacrifice and the bigger understanding that even our kids take pause yeah. to, to, to honor. So very cool. I, um, I'll answer that as well. And it's going to be the uh, formals as well. I, a military, I'm a sucker for a military ball, you know, uh, big girl prom um, whatever you want to call it. And, but it's, it's sentimental. It ties back to the fact that I met my spouse at a military ball. And so every time he, you know, buttons up those, uh, those blues, I, it takes me back to, to meeting him. So that was, that was mine. That's my,
1: Yeah, there's something about those those uh buttoned up blues or whites or whatever, depending on what time of year it is. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. Mel, mine and Melly were there in dress mess now, and man, I'm telling you, that is a that is a classic look. Um, okay, so this is this is good. We'll ask um Linda and Rebecca. Tell us about some traditions found in the Navy that differ from other services or something that is the same but called different.
1: So, one thing that I've learned in our year here at the War College is that at army balls, at some point you guys will stop and toast with water when you're doing when
0: you're doing your toasts. Hmm. That's that, an interesting one because we technically it depends on the branch. Okay, oh, hold, on, hold on, hold okay. on. Melly's well, about was... to drop
2: some knowledge. Everybody listen up. Melly's about to drop some knowledge. All right, Mel, bring it.
0: So if your husband is in the armor or cavalry, um, so armor or cavalry, pretty much. So if your husband is in the armor or cavalry, usually that branch will toast with the most expensive drink at the table during that toast. Um, For the infantry, they usually it's, they just don't drink. So they lift their glass, they will toast, but they don't drink. So I think it's a little bit branch specific. I don't know what the right answer is. Well, I can tell you in the Navy, at least in at every Navy function I
1: have ever been at, you are forewarned not to toast with water because that signifies drowning. Oh,
2: look at that drop in knowledge too.
1: So when I was pregnant at the balls, you just picked up your glass of wine and lifted it in the air and didn't drink, but
2: not water. I can see how there would be a different relationship with water. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. This is a good one. Uh, Why would traditions matter to new and newer spouses? And why do they still matter to the senior spouses? or seasoned spouses, as we refer to ourselves. Why do traditions and customs and courtesies and protocols matter and are relevant today?
3: I think it goes back to the sense of belonging um, and understanding what the military really is, why it's important. I think when you marry somebody who's in the military, you give up a lot um, of your own life and Things that maybe you wanted to do, and if you come into something like the military, and there's no direction, there's no, um, there's no sense of belonging. It's really hard to support your spouse in what they're doing. It's really hard to wake up every day and say, "Yes, this is the life that we chose," and like I feel good here, and. I think when you have customs and traditions, it just reminds you in little ways, you know, like the bugle calls or taps at the end of the day, it just reminds you, okay, like this is not for nothing.
1: Very well said.
0: Melanie? Um, So I guess from a more seasoned senior spouse perspective, I don't know if it truly changes. Right, the answer on why we hold on to them. It's that sense of belonging. Um, it's the community that it forms. And I think the only thing that slightly changes is that now it's up to us to carry that forward in a meaningful way. There's a
2: responsibility so, there, isn't it? I
0: mean, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, obviously, they've changed a little mm-hmm. over time, like stuff has evolved. Um, but I don't think the, the real true meaning and like why we do it, like none of that has ever changed. And I think that might be a little bit more of the challenging part of being able to translate it into today and now and try to keep it as meaningful without taking away from that. But yeah. So, I mean, why it matters, I think is still the same thing. It gives us that sense of belonging. And, the community around us as well, and for our family, same thing. Yeah. Like I think it matters no, I, to everybody. You
2: guys have definitely touched on it and and spoken true. It contributes, you know, for me personally, and for those that I try to um, impart the importance to to the connection. I think that it definitely reinforces um, the values that we hold dear. You know, our, the such as freedom. Uh, I think that it ties into our faith and our integrity. It's um, our foundation. You know, these, these traditions are our foundation and they uh, build the structure of this life that we have chosen. And then it is just a continuous um, well of pride, right? So you add all of these things up and it, highlights the importance of continuing on and then turning and teaching you know that that so that they can be empowered I needed the spouses to see me wavering as a new spouse look me in the eye and say you can do this find your way and then once I did that, I was able to take the the glasses that I had been wearing. I, I discovered that the mold that I had placed these army wives in and this military wives in, the mold that I'd placed them in that I knew I couldn't fit, had just been some the, um, glasses that I had put onto myself. And once I could remove those, I was empowered to see that the... That what I brought, just being myself, is exactly what this life needed. Is exactly where I could find my way, but I had to get over myself first. I had to get over my own prejudices of what I thought I should be doing and how I should be acting or saying. And once the, you know, once the gloves came off of that, I was like, looked around and was like, you people need me. (laughs) Boy do you need (laughs) me.
3: It's so true because the people do need you. I mean, as a newer spouse, I guess you could say, I find it so comforting when I go to a new post and I'm greeted kindly by somebody who's in the SFRG or a senior spouse or something like that because you are lost and it takes those senior spouses who really understand the importance of. The military life and sharing that with younger spouses or maybe newer spouses um, to really I guess grow the next generation of the senior spouses because um, I think that might be something that is getting absolutely
2: lost. And it comes down to the yeah. and we can touch a little bit on the the practical things right so when we're teaching the class on um, for etiquette, Right. So the the next question that I have for all of us to go over is, um, is etiquette relevant? And the simple answer is yes. But then you're going to want, you know, somebody's going to turn around and ask, well, why? Why is etiquette relevant? And it comes down to when you sit down at the formal setting and you see the silverware, if it is fluted, slotted or slanted, it is serveware. Don't put it in your mouth. (laughs) These <laughs> are so just the, the base of practical tidbits that we can share. Um, Melanie, do you have another tip that is just a quick?
0: Okay. So I've, it took me a while to like, I think notice this or learn this about myself. I'm not super comfortable wearing heels for a very really long time. Uh-huh. Okay. And it's fine to mm-hmm. not do that. Like you don't have to wear heels. If you want to wear flats, then wear flats or wear a dressy flat sandals or whatever with a ball gown. Like, there's no need to, like, dress in something that you don't feel comfortable or you feel like you can't walk after a little while. Um, And I think going back, right, same thing. Like, if you're going out on that parade field because it's a welcome home ceremony and you don't have that same issue on ships, Linda, because (laughs) ships, hard ground, right? Your heels will sink in that grass. Unless they're wearing wedges, I guess. But so, yes. so we get yeah, don't down to the practicality of it. That weird. you're only
2: as comfortable as your feet, yeah. no matter what the event. No matter the traditions, you're only Correct. as comfortable as your feet. So think from, <laughs> think from your toes up when you're attending these events, you know.
1: Well, and, and Melanie, we might not have the parade field, but you do still need to know in advance, are you going to be going on board the ship or not? Because if you are... There's ladders. Also oh. skirts and dresses <laughs> might not
2: be
0: your best.
2: Slacks choice. Are your friend on ladders. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. See?
2: Slacks to your friend.
0: Okay, so etiquette as a whole, I think a lot of it is just being courteous, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of us or all of us know this. Like you act in a professional setting in a professional way. But it's all the little like tidbits where we think that is what we have to do, but it might actually not really be. Mm-hmm.
2: A thing. I have found that
0: yeah.
2: even if you don't know what's proper, if you are acting in a professional manner, those around you are going to be gracious. Right. Yeah. And for goodness sakes, just ask. Just ask. We had. Yeah, I'm oh, still, still asking. Ask. Oh, I'm asking all the time. I am asking all of the time and I'm learning all of the time. And just because we've been doing this 20 years doesn't mean I have it all figured out. And there's these fantastic assumptions that we do, right? That there's this magical point in which we become complete and utter experts and are not going to screw up anymore just because we've been doing this for X amount of years, or we've got X amount of deployments or, you know, PCS under our belt that then all of a sudden, Oh, well, she is could not possibly, or he could not possibly make any mistakes anymore. That is so far from the truth. I was, we were at a, um, a ball and we were hosting the ball and I was standing at the head table and everyone stood for the um, national anthem and the woman came up to sing the national anthem and I was so taken by her voice, and what a beautiful job she was doing, because she was one of our, the soldiers in our unit, but I had no idea the voice she had, and so she started singing the national anthem, and I was so taken back that I realized by the end of it, I had never crossed my heart. I had never put my hand up and cro- uh, over my heart for the whole song, and then I looked around afterwards when I realized it, and I was like, gosh, I hope they think I'm Canadian. I just... <laughs> 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 because so many uh you know, we looked to the senior spouse to see what the 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 etiquette in that moment was and she, i was taken back by this performance and realized afterwards you know my faux pas if you will and i've got so many of those we could do an entire podcast on just things that i have screwed up and learned from
3: <laughs> especially for newer spouses i think it's so helpful before you go to anything like a hail and farewell or a formal event just to have a conversation um like you said reach out ask questions and find out okay what how do i act like what is the proper protocol for this because it's can be really intimidating When you go to a military ball for the first time or when you go to a hail and farewell for the first time and you're like, "Um, how do I act? What am I supposed to do? It's so easy to say like, I am not my spouse's job, but you are a representative of your spouse. Just like if they were going to your work event, they would be representing you. Um, You would just want to make sure that, you know, you're doing the right thing, that you're doing something that is not going to embarrass them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. There's respect there, right? Mutual respect and showing that um, learning proper etiquette in different situations shows that and shares that mutual respect, not only of the profession, but also of each other.
1: Well, and I feel like sometimes we're afraid to ask, like ask our spouse to ask for us or to connect us to the person that we can ask for ourselves. Absolutely. But there's nothing wrong wrong in asking, asking for help. I mean, it doesn't matter if I've been doing this for 16 years, I'm still going to ask for help if I'm unsure.
2: And then there's the responsibility of once you know something, it's time to share something so we can empower and embrace each other. So as today's episode comes to a close, we would like to thank our fantastic guests, Rebecca and Melanie, for joining us today.
3: Thank you so much, you guys, for having me.
1: Thank you for having me. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners out there as well. Please send us your comments on this podcast or others, and we'd also love to hear your suggestions or ideas for future topics. We're always interested in hearing from you. If you've not already done so, I hope you'll subscribe to War Room via our website, which will put updates and content directly in your inbox. And you can also subscribe to a better piece on the podcatcher of your choice. And if you would, rate and review the podcast. That will certainly help other people find us as well. We look forward to having you all again with us soon. And until next time, from the War Room,
2: I'm Faith Bomar with their mission. And I'm Linda Lind.
1: This has been our story.